Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to the Umrapreneur podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode as I bring to you really someone that has extensive experience when it comes to managing your finances, managing your investments, and really growing your wealth in a conscious and impactful way. With me today is Dr. Omar Fisher, the founder of ConsciousWealth.me, and he's also the founder of the Dubai Innovation Center where he helps software and he produces, he uh, fin edtech, and he really supports companies in the software and gaming space. And right what we're going to do today, inshallah, is dive into topics in regards to investment, in regards to money management, in regards to how to grow your wealth, and really kind of help you have some actionable takeaways that you can implement in your day-to-day lives. You can walk away from this episode and you can really work towards that financial freedom that you're striving for, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Omar Fisher. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining me. And thank you, Abby, for inviting me to come on. We have a lot to share today. Of course, 100%. And I'm really, really excited to uh, dive into all of this with you today, inshallah. And I want to give a little bit of background to my listeners about you and what you do. So can you tell us more about what is conscious wealth? So what is it that you're creating here and what are you trying to achieve? Sure. Well, it started in 2005 when I was living in Bahrain, actually, uh, raising my four kids there. And I noticed that there was no financial literacy education in the school system. And I looked around and I said, well, where are my kids learning about money? They were in their early teens going into high school time frame. Anyway, long story, very short, I found that it wasn't in the mosque, it wasn't in the churches, it wasn't in the schools. So if it was not at home, then there was one place, Abby, where children were learning about money. Where do you suppose that is? If I were to take a guess, I would say social media. Shopping malls, really? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, well, social media is a form of shopping mall, isn't it? So essentially, our our young people today, and by young people, I mean really 16 right up into the 30s, all right, are learning about money through the capitalist system that teaches consumption. And this is almost unabated consumption. Because Mm -hmm. we're being bombarded with hundreds, if not thousands, of ads from social media, as you say, from the radio, from different sources to get us to want what we don't need and to buy for the sake of buying. Now, let's be real. We all have to buy groceries. We, we have to, uh, you know, buy transportation in most cases, whether it's a bus or a car, et cetera. So we need money, yeah. but it's not in the education system well, if it's there at all. And in the Middle East, I've been there 22 years. It's mostly absent. Now, some of it is arising of late. However, it also, in my personal opinion, is not covering the topic in a way that really equips our young people to deal with all of the dimensions around money. For example, 
a major challenge that young people have when they want to start a business is learning how to raise capital, to learning about cash flow in the business, to learn yeah. about a cap table and the capital structure, learn about margins, these kind of things. So I'm not talking so much, I'm talking much broader, let's say, than credit scores and the things which are included in financial literacy programs, if they exist, which essentially, in my estimation, Abby, are there to make us better bank customers, mm -hmm. okay? It's not to teach us about our relationship to money. Now, this is at a time of unprecedented turbulence. And let's face it, money is rapidly changing right under our eyes. And what do we mean by that? Well, essentially, money is going cashless, Money is instantaneous. It is flying frictionless across borders with uh, blockchain and cryptocurrencies. And we're, we're not uh, learning, uh, again, within the education system in a structured way, in a neutral, objective way, how to deal with all of the new dimensions of this digital money, which is, after all, invisible. Mm -hmm. So there are huge gaps, in my opinion, and therefore, to answer your question directly, I uh, sat down and prepared this book, which I call Conscious Wealth, and we'll get into it uh, in our talk. There's conscious and there's wealth. And the first thing I'll say is that wealth is not money. And, and we'll come on to the well, maybe now's a good time to introduce the seven core principles of conscious wealth. Please go ahead. The, the book itself, though, first, is actually uh, a wheel of uh, 15 episodes. And it's meant to be interactive. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about the contents of the book in just a minute. But first, let's cover the seven core principles. The first, I just said, money is not wealth. What do we mean by that? Well, wealth is a much bigger concept. And for those of your listeners who are Muslim, mm -hmm. we understand from the Holy Quran that wealth includes uh, beauty. Wealth includes our mind, the knowledge that we are blessed with, the talents, the gifts that we have. It's our health. And you often hear that, you know, health is wealth. Well, what does that really mean? Well, that means we need to take care of our physical body. We need to eat well. We have to sleep well. We should exercise. So money is not wealth. Money hmm. is a medium of exchange. And as I say, we need to understand more deeply our relationship with this medium of exchange, this yardstick of how we're doing all right, how we trade between silk and rice, for example, because unlike the previous uh, 2000 plus years, when it was physical and tangible, whether it's base money, uh, money rather, or fiat money, it's becoming invisible. It's showing up as bits and bytes in a digital device, whether it's your phone or a plastic card or what have you. Mm -hmm. Second, we need to pay attention to not only how money is earned, 
but also how money is spent. Now, as I said earlier, often what seems to be the case is people put more emphasis on how it's spent. Because let's face it, it's fun. You feel empowered to spend money. Earning, oh, this takes discipline. It takes time. And it takes a bit of knowledge to understand the choices we have out there, the securities, the risks. Now, there is a topic that's also not taught in school. And there is a section uh, in my books and also in the previous book, which is called Guide to Financial Intelligence, Faith and Money in the 21st Century, where I talk a bit more about the principles from the Holy Quran and from the Bible, in fact, the message that came before, in terms of helping us to understand our relationship to, to money as well as what is money. Third, uh, spend less than you earn. Now, that's a real gem. Spend less than you earn. That gives you the starting point for savings. And investing is basically the acceleration of savings. But you got to have something. <laughs> you got to have fuel in the tank. You mm -hmm. need to have money in the bank in order to then accelerate that through investing. Also, we need to plan. So plan for financial freedom. And if you like, we can define that term and talk about it a little bit later. But essentially, most people understand financial freedom as time and money freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want to do it with. The next one is wealth is all about harmonious balance. Truly, wealth is where the heart and the mind and the spirit are all congruent. It's not about making millions of dollars. I mean, we all know the stories about how many, many billionaires are simply unhappy or maybe broken marriages or whatever the, they're diseased. And we know, of course, Abby, that you can't take money with you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set up this uh, thing we call life, the game of life in a way that you can't take money with you so basically, it's a tool for you if you're able to earn lots of it, as we're talking about, to bring happiness to yourself, but also to others. Mm -hmm. The uh, sixth one is the inner state of our thinking. controls the outer state. And I relate to uh, someone who mentored me for many years, Bob Proctor, and uh, also, of course, Tony Robbins, well known in the personal growth and development space. Your inner way of thinking, and that's why in the book we talk on the conscious side about something which is called abundance thinking, prosperity thinking, which is the opposite of scarcity thinking and we can come back to that concept if you like and so number seven principle number seven is be grateful gratitude mm -hmm. is also a very important principle that runs throughout the holy quran and and the bible and other messages uh that that have come to us since adam peace be upon him and so 
with uh, a heart filled and a mind that is practicing gratitude, then it becomes easy to engage in this thing we call abundance thinking. Mm -hmm. And abundance thinking is, uh, is far more than the law of attraction. It's far more than setting yourself up to so-called be a magnet to attract the money that you desire. Abundance thinking, as I say, starts with gratitude, which has nothing to do with money, but everything to do with conscious wealth. So those are the seven principles. How do you see those principles playing out in an individual's life when, when they're trying to take those initial steps towards building their financial freedom? And as well, what are maybe the common mistakes that you see people making right now uh, that is causing them to stay stuck where they are financially? Sure. Well, <clears throat> let me share a quote from Robin Sharma. The, the mm -hmm. gentleman that his first book was uh, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, mm -hmm. which is he's a very interesting person, extremely articulate, and he works with uh, uh, many wealthy people to help them understand their relationship to money and success. His quote is, never sacrifice happiness for the sake of achievement. The real key to life is to happily achieve. So mm -hmm. people get stuck, I believe. And of course, it's all individual, right? But in a general sense, they get stuck because they're not clear on success. Can you elaborate on that? They're not really clear yeah. on this notion of money and what does money mean to me? We have this notion again, coming back to the top of the show of consumption. And in order to consume, I need money, right? If I don't have money, then I go to credit. Now credit is part of the fractional banking system that has grown up in the last 200 years. It was not there by the way, before uh, the 16th century. Mm -hmm. And um, there was always deferred payments, which is you could argue is a kind of credit, but not the way credit has uh, uh, ballooned these days. And the rationing yeah. of credit and the cost of credit. Okay. So if we want to spend beyond our means, then we have to go into debt. And and this is something, again, I talk about in the book Conscious Wealth, which needs to be managed very, very carefully. And a very simple comment on that, which again, we learn from the Holy Quran, there is the upper hand and the lower hand. Mm -hmm. So which do you want to be? Yeah. And 100%. if you're an earner and you're strong uh, in yourself, Okay, you're the upper hand. If you're in debt, sadly, you're the lower hand. And mm -hmm. the lower hand then, unfortunately, needs to take instructions from the creditor. You are a borrower, you are in debt. And what many people don't recognize is the impact that has on the subconscious. We are a debtor as opposed to being 
someone who is, as I say, independent, strong in their thinking and mm -hmm. earning so that they are using equity. Now, you can use a small bit of other people's money, so to say, particularly in business. But in your personal household uh, ways and means of dealing with money, people get stuck because they're not focused on saving. Why? It takes a long time. Let's, let's be real. Uh, especially in a, in a 2% interest rate environment, which we've had for the last 35 years. And this is another issue, which I think our young people are uh, uh, facing today, Mm -hmm. for, for which there's not much uh, guidance and education, Abby, which is that we're starting to get into a high, a rising interest rate environment. Not just yeah. the costs are going up, okay, but it also impacts on risks. It impacts on rate of return to investing. And frankly, will make it a tad easier for people to be incentivized to save. And we said, real wealth starts from a place of saving. So people also get stuck to, again, respond to your question, because of scarcity thinking. Mm -hmm. What is that? Scarcity thinking is not coming from a place of gratitude. It's not coming from a place of awareness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made a super abundant universe. And by the way, I'll just remind you, Einstein helped us to understand that the universe is expanding. <laughs> it's not shrinking. Mm -hmm. Okay. So abundance thinking doesn't mean that we aspire and our goal in life is to become a millionaire or a billionaire. Abundance thinking is much broader than that, as we tried to describe a bit earlier in this conversation. It has to do with contributing to others. There are many people you probably know who are earning so-called modest incomes, and yet they're very happy, and they volunteer into their community. So they're well integrated in, as we said, the mind, the body, and the spirit. So I hope I answered your question. No, definitely. And I appreciate you answering them so eloquently. I, I have a question for you in regards to what you mentioned about savings, because when someone is starting off in their journey or maybe their current situation right now, where they might not be where they want to be in life, whether it's in their job, in their careers or in their business, I think there's that importance of savings. But as well, how do you balance that with knowing when it's time to save as well as when it's time to invest in yourself? Because for many, including myself, what has been the barrier to my growth in business and, and personally has usually been a lack of knowledge, understanding, skills, character traits, which I've been able to acquire through investing in myself over time, whether that's in mentorship, coaching, programs to improve my knowledge and skills and reach the next level in income, which will allow you to save more. So how do you balance this notion of savings with investing in yourself and knowing, knowing when is the right time for, for these two things? Okay. Well, first of all, <clears throat> that's spot on. Warren Buffett has uh, reminded us all the most important investment that you can make in and during your life is in yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Now, that may not pay off, so to say, immediately. Correct. However, <clears throat> it's helpful to have a plan. And I don't mean that you're planning uh, to do lists, you know, with great detail every single day. But I am talking about a three-year plan, a five-year plan, and maybe some high-level goals for 20 years. Now, it's important to also say there are three types of goals. This comes again from uh, <clears throat> a gentleman that mentored me. I recently passed on, Bob Proctor. I had the good fortune, and I made an effort. I got myself up off the couch. I went to Toronto, Canada. I spent a week with Bob Proctor and his team and mm -hmm. benefited enormously. So That's amazing. Part of what I would say to your entrepreneur listeners is, yeah, don't just have those great aspiring thoughts. Get off the couch, go out and do. Mm -hmm. Because knowledge is not enough. Applied knowledge is what will get you there. So how are you going to get you on applied knowledge if you haven't put it in there in the first place? So coming back to your question, how do you balance those two things? Well, you, you need to feed first, right, the fuel before you can, you can take the journey. But I would also remind you that there are a four dimensions for personal intelligence and growth. So what we should be feeding, what we should be developing is not just the mind alone, not just the bank account, but it's your IQ, your intelligence quota, which is learning and memorization, and that should be every single day. And you've probably heard the, the wisdom, spend 20 minutes, ideally in the morning after awakening, to do learning every single day in whatever topic interests you, right? Mm -hmm. And by the way, that could be conscious wealth. You could try <laughs> that. Number two is uh, the emotional quotient, the EQ. This has to do with bonding. It has to do with thinking about others more than yourself. And that will help bring about more satisfaction uh, in life. And satisfaction leads on to, to happiness. Third mm -hmm. is this spiritual quotient. And this is whatever you call prayer, however you understand your creator. Spending time in what I call higher order thinking. So we're talking about the four aspects of intelligence for every single human being. And the fourth one is physical, because without health, it's difficult to really have clear thoughts. It's difficult to, uh, you know, move in the in the outer world, mm -hmm. uh, doing the things that we want to do, eye hand coordination, etc. So it's eating well. It's about nutrition. It's resting well, and ideally exercise, even walking. These days, I, I, I try to walk 45 minutes uh, in the morning, irrespective of the rain up here in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> and by the way, it's been, it's been sunny the last uh, three weeks. So that makes you know, walking in the early morning a real pleasure. Nice. Um, so those are the four dimensions of intelligence. And I would strongly recommend that 
people work on all four. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I, uh, I want to ask you one more question here if we have time. And, and that one is about, you know, what you share in your book. So what, what, can you remind us, what is the title of the book? We're going to drop a link for it in the episode notes. But what is the title of the most recent book that you've released? Well, the book we're talking about today is called Conscious Wealth, which is the 30-day blueprint to financial freedom. And financial mm -hmm. freedom is one of the goals, the 20-year goals that people should have. And by the way, just a quick note, Abby, don't fool yourself that you cannot retire until you're 60, 58, 65. This is all part of the advertising. Mm -hmm. Okay, of the life uh, gain from other people's, from the commercial point of view. Why, do, why yeah. not retire at 38? Mm -hmm. And by retire, that means that you've solved the issue of having your income predictably and consistently above your expenses. That's financial freedom, what we call the crossover point when your income is above your expenses. And that's outlined in the book. My mm -hmm. most recent book, by the way, which was just released last week, it's an ebook, um, and also it's paperback, is called Becoming a Conscious Leader, Gateway to the Fifth Dimension. Mm -hmm. We don't have time to go into it, but I'm, I'm fascinated with this idea of personal leadership and how we can conduct ourselves and what we can be learning about, who we can be learning from, okay, to become a great leader of ourself first. And then I can think about, I can be more effective as a leader of others, either in my business or in my public life or however you choose to do that. So that I would sense. commend both conscious leadership and conscious wealth. Now, if you'll yes. allow me, I'd like to just close with some tips on achieving life success. Please go ahead. So first off, and I take this from Jack Canfield, another mentor of many, many years. Uh, he lives in California and I commend his book, which is uh, the principles of success. I've, by the way, narrowed that down to eight, but, but that's a, another story, maybe another podcast. So the first one is take 100% responsibility. So don't blame others. Don't blame the circumstances. You know, we could say man up, be yourself, and accept responsibility for the thinking you're doing and the choices you're making is very important and sometimes it's helpful to have an accountability partner so that what you say is actually what you end up doing mm -hmm. but you'll actually find yourself unstuck to come back with your previous and very important question when a person every day deliberately chooses to take a hundred percent responsibility for their thinking for their actions how they treat others and by the way how you treat your money your money is dumb, right? It's doing what you tell it to do. So 100% responsibility. Number two is transform yourself for success. So as you've alluded to, we've talked about in this podcast, 
feed your mind, feed your body with healthy, positive, nutritious thoughts and food and fuel. And you've, you've heard that phrase that you are the sum total of the closest five persons to you. So also feed your relationships with very positive people like yourself. And I commend the listeners who have chosen to listen, Abby, to your podcast because now and indirectly you're one of those five persons that I, I want to listen to and learn from. All right. I appreciate that. And build your success team. It's helpful to have supporters, your family, get yourself a coach or a mentor, particularly if you're going out into business. Mm -hmm. And lastly, coming back to the theme of this podcast is understand money and finance and decide for yourself what is personal success? What does success look like for you? And there are some topics about that in the book, Conscious Wealth. And you can find uh, my book on, uh, I have two websites, which is mm -hmm. www.consciouswealth.me, Mother Edward. Mm -hmm. And also you can find it, I have an author page because I've written other e-books e e and whatnot. And that's on www.omarfisher.com. Beautiful. I appreciate you sharing those links. So I want to make sure to include them in the episode notes so that people can go and do their research, hopefully go and purchase those books. I highly recommend you do on those eBooks as well, and really take your time to read them and understand them and apply them into your life most importantly, right? Because knowledge is only useful when applied. And so make sure to go and actually figure out how can I apply this? How can I apply the lessons I learned today that Dr. Omar shared with us so graciously to be able to improve my financial situation. I'm going to actually add on one extra question that I'm going to squeeze in um, since we have a, a little bit more time. And that one is because earlier in the podcast, you mentioned that the way you define financial freedom specifically to you might be different than other people. So how do you, let, let's wrap up with this. How do you define financial freedom, Dr. Omar? Right. So financial freedom is not a dollar amount. Right. And what mm -hmm. you what you what we observe is typically if you're a millionaire, then you want to aspire to be a hundred millionaire. If you're a hundred millionaire, you want to aspire to be a billionaire. And it just keeps going and going. So a, the person herself has to decide what is success. And success should be, in my humble opinion, much more than a number much more than whatever money might be in the bank. And of course, we are, as Muslims, we are advised that there are five questions that mm -hmm. we're going to be asked uh, on the Day of Judgment. And of course, one of them is, what did you do with the money that I gifted to you? So we talk about that I earned the money, <clears throat> but actually, it's attracted to us and it comes as a gift. So we are only a custodian of the money that comes to us, whether it's $10,000 or $10 million. And mm -hmm. what I say in my books about money is that if you have $10,000, you're going to be asked 10,000 questions. What did you do with the money? If you have $10 million, guess what, Abby? You're going to be asked 
10 million questions. <laughs> so there's added responsibility that comes with more money. What you're doing it, uh, what, what are you doing with it to yourself, but also to others, to your community? Are you building hospitals and libraries and, and successful businesses that solve people's problems, etc.? So <clears throat> financial freedom is, is about time freedom and money freedom. So what do we mean by time freedom? Well, I can wake up in the morning and decide I don't want to work today. I want to write or I want to travel. I want to go first class rather than economy. So all of this is made possible by time and money freedom. But that's, that's the how. What's far more important, and we touched on it in this talk together, the few minutes we had, precious minutes, I would say, so thank you for the invitation. Thank you for being here. Is the why. That's what's really important. Why, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I having the thoughts that I'm having? And are those thoughts about scarcity? I don't have enough. Somebody else has more than me. It's about limitations. Or is it about superabundance? It's about abundance thinking. What more can I give? Mm -hmm. How can I? I mean, look, one of the things which runs through all of the universe is intelligence from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we can also understand that orderly intelligence with another L word, which is called love. So what we've all experienced when we were infants is something mother love, which is what, Abby? It's unconditional love. No, correct. Unconditional love is abundance. So if you're having difficulty wrapping your mind around what Dr. Omar is talking about, about abundance thinking, shift it into love, love thinking. And then that brings you back to your mom. And hopefully you had that experience, if you can remember it, you did. But, you know, later on, maybe it changed for whatever reason, right? The unconditional love. So then you can, you can, uh, you can ask yourself, are you practicing that today? Are you practicing the unconditional love to others with your money, with your time? Time is a non-renewable precious resource. In fact, the only one that we have as human beings. So mm -hmm. I always say, and I'll conclude with this, it's not, it's not so much about Spending time. Listen to the words, Abby. It's not about spending time. It's about investing. Mm -hmm. So are you an investor with the precious 86,000 seconds that we get every day? And if so, if you're an investor, God bless, then how are you investing that time? Mm -hmm. 
Ahsan, Jazakallah khair for sharing so many valuable nuggets. Dr. Omar, this was an absolute pleasure. I learned so much. It was a refresher, to be honest with you, an absolutely refreshing conversation. I'm sure many of our listeners did as well. We'll make sure to drop the links in the notes. And again, just thank you very much for joining me. This was absolutely wonderful. I really enjoyed it. Peace and blessings. All the best. Thank you. And you guys know the drill. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to go and subscribe and rate the podcast. Leave us a review as we try to grow on all audio platforms. And you can follow us on YouTube or Instagram by searching for Omarpreneur. And as always, we'll see you in the next episode. Take care, guys. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.